Hey there, welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey, and today we have a very fun episode where we get to talk to a veteran Etsy seller. Terry Marsh has been selling on Etsy for over 10 years. She has three shops. One of those is brand new, and the other two, they do well over six figures each per year. Terry shares her story about how over 10 years ago, she started selling on Etsy and eventually quitting her job two years in. And she talks about the pitfalls and the decision-making and the mental stress that that actually put on her and how she was able to overcome it. She talks about how she continues to make sure that her shop stays above the competition by researching products that are relevant for her niche that are in demand. And she talks about how email marketing is an essential role in her online success. Very fun episode. If you are have zero sales, you should be watching this episode and taking notes. If you have a thousand sales or ten thousand sales, you can learn something from this. Again, Terry's been selling over 10 years on Etsy, and she hasn't just been doing it for you know just a little bit of time and made over six figures. She has been doing it consistently year after year. She understands what has made her successful. And I believe these are some of the fundamentals that will help you on your journey as well. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee, and we believe that everyone has the opportunity to pursue their passions and really live life on their own terms. We believe in making e-commerce accessible to everyone in the world, no matter where they are, and in using it to make a positive impact on their families and our communities. Everbee is the Etsy business platform that helps Etsy sellers find winning products. It helps Etsy sellers optimize their SEO, and it helps Etsy sellers grow their business, which is what we're here to do. And specifically, I wanted to mention something very exciting that we just released Everbee email. Because if you were serious about growing your shop from just an idea or just a few sales per day or per month, and you want to turn it into a recurring income stream and a brand that will allow you to scale, not just on Etsy, but onto other platforms in the future as well then you need to be doing email marketing, okay? And you need to be doing it right. Everbee email was specifically built for Etsy sellers to automate building your email list on automatic, getting reviews on automatic and increasing that review rate, you know, that the rate of people leaving reviews after they buy a product to even building a deep and lasting relationship with your customers or your future customers. So really you can separate yourself from all the loud competition out there. Everybody email is hundred percent free to get started. Okay. It gives you the core essentials on the hobby plan. So you can try it. You can use it for, you can use it forever on free plan. And then if you want some more custom stuff, then you, then you're using the growth plan, but either way you need to be using email marketing in your Etsy journey. It will pay for itself time and time again. And in order to activate this, all you have to do is click on Everbee email in your Chrome extension, or if you're not using the Chrome extension, you can use the website. And all you have to do is click on it and it's done for you. Like seriously, we built this thing to be 99% done for you. It's so, so easy. Take less than three minutes to activate this thing on automatic. And if you are not using Everbee yet, then sign up for free, everbee.io. Let's jump into today's show. It's a fun one. Terry, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. How about yourself? 
I'm great. Super happy to have you on the podcast. Really excited about this conversation because I think it's going to add a lot of value to a lot of people. Um, this one's a little bit different than what we've done in the past. Typically, our conversations are typically people with like that are coming from a coaching perspective, which certainly we're going to talk about all those tips and stuff like that. But you are like a real life in the you know in the weeds like Etsy seller yourself. Yes, sir. How long have you been doing this and how long have you been selling on Etsy? Well, it's been over 10 years. This is my 11th Christmas on Etsy. Wow. So long time. Crazy. And that's, that's inspiring just, just for the fact that it takes a lot of, um, discipline and I guess faith to continue to like keep the entrepreneur path because there's a lot of failure that probably came in that too. Yes, sir. Sure enough. I've had my uh, definitely uh, experience with failure a, a lot of times back and forth, but you just hang in there that uh, eventually, eventually it all comes together and uh, it's just all about staying in the game, I think. I love it. I'm so happy that like we're, we're doing this because most people right now are listening in right now and they want to be in your shoes. Like they want to be a seller. Maybe they are a seller, but they want to have sales. Maybe they don't have sales. They want to grow a business that they're proud of. They want to support their family. Can you take us back to when you first started like 10 or 11 years ago of like when you started or when you wanted to start your business, what made you come okay. to Etsy? Yeah. 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 Um, well, I've been a serial entrepreneur all my life. <laughs> so I've actually had businesses off and on for about 20 years. And to be honest, Etsy is the, sort of the first thing that worked for me. Cool. Um, I was a single mom and uh, was working like two jobs and had a son at home. And I just was looking for a way to sort of get out of the rat race and be able to be at home with him and raise him. And so my adventure with Etsy began. Um, I started out just making tutus. That was my first shop. Mm. And I did that for quite a few years um, and was successful. It, it took a little bit to get going, but um, it was really sort of hardship that led me to Etsy. And uh, much like a lot of the listeners today, probably um, you just are striving to make something happen. Totally. And that's where I was at. I so, love it. It's so cool. Uh, and I totally respect like the hustle, right? When you're trying, when you're in that rat race, you have that job, you have two jobs and you're trying to support your son too. If you could take mm -hmm. it back, if you could remember back then, right? Like how long did it take you from, Hey, I'm going to start the Etsy shop thing and make tutus to, Hey, I quit my jobs. Okay. Um, well, there were two episodes of quitting jobs <laughs> because I did uh, start and was able to quit my job probably about a year in. Um, I actually quit one job quite a bit earlier and then wow. the second job about a year in I was job free. Um, there were some ups and downs, you know, as being single things come up and, uh, you know, having a, a son, you know, so I did have to rejoin the workforce at one point okay. and uh, boy, that felt like a failure. I'll tell you, but at the same time, uh, I just, I learned a lot and I was a lot more careful the second time around. So I would say a year, but I would say that I probably should have waited a little bit longer. 
how long were you back when you joined again? How long, how many years were you still at that job until you quit again for final? Um, probably about two more years. Cool. Um, I went back to one job for two years and did the Etsy on the side. And uh, my son, he has memories. Uh, he's 21 now, <laughs> but he has memories of just tool all over the living room and him going to school with uh, glittery tutu on the back of his <laughs> on the back of his sweater and his friends pulling it off because that's just how the house was. I mean, it was, it was the whole living room was a workshop and um, yeah. So it was about, about two years and then I was finally able to quit again and I haven't had to go back to work since. Wow. Congratulations. That's a big, huge, huge feat. And it it just shows how entrepreneurship is messy. It's not like a straight line to the up and to the right type of thing. It's a very mm-hmm. messy thing where you're like, oh yeah, my goal is to like, I'm here today and I want to like go here and quit my job. Right. And right. cool. You can do that. And that's great. That's amazing. You should have that goal. But then like it will, life will throw you curveballs. Business will throw you curveballs to where you're like, oh, I have to actually go join back my job. And so you feel like yes, you're sir. failed temporarily, but then you just sounds like you stayed the course, even though you had this job. And you're able to overcome that and eventually quit for good. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I've had a complete pivot in the middle of everything as well. Um, about six years ago, I got married and he brought with him, uh, six children into the house. (laughs) So on top of my son, we had seven and I couldn't do tutus anymore. There was no doing that with, that many children in the house and I couldn't really work from the house anymore. So then I had to find out somewhere to work out of. I completely, I had to shut down the tutus and do something completely different. So I switched to like sublimation. Um, Yeah, this is not a linear journey at all. Uh, It it sort of looks, you know, (laughs) it's just all over the place, but uh, it's, it's been a good one. The pivot was, uh, was actually good on two fronts. Um, course I was getting married and things were changing in my house mm-hmm. and uh, you know with bonus children and things but the pivot was also because I realized I couldn't uh, expand the tutus beyond me really that's a very hard business to scale so uh, the pivot was for me to be able to scale a little bit better and I did so and I ended up um, I've had as many as six employees at one time. Um, I'm down to just a couple right now, which is kind of where I like it a little bit less, uh, less to deal with. (laughs) Yeah. For the people that are listening right now that do have sales and they're, they're doing well, but they haven't quit their job yet. They're at this stage where they're just like, I really want to quit my job. I'm like really this close. I feel like I'm this close. What can you tell them? to guide them through this like thought process, meaning how much money should they have in the bank or how much revenue should they be doing? How much profit should be like anything to help guide them on this journey? Because they probably don't have advice from anybody here. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's a really good question. Actually. Um, my barometer was, um, I had to make, I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous. It wasn't that that hard to double my income (laughs) at the time, what I was making at a job. Um, I had said to myself, I needed to make double that um, for at least three months. And then I had to have at least um, 
half of that in the bank for six months. So do you understand what I'm saying? Like I doubled it so that I could live on it and then the rest of it went in the bank. So I would say, you know, you have to do what's right for your life. And sometimes it, the job really, really does get in the way and you get so stretched. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do caution to be careful. I'm a little more conservative since I had the first go around of not, Mm -hmm. you know, of having to go back to work. So, and that can be very heartbreaking. So I would just say, to do it responsibly and, you know, just, just make sure that you're in a place where you can, if, if the economy tanks, you know, cause we've all experienced that in the last you know year where things have just kind of got gotten a little bit rough and you just need to be able to have that sort of cushion in the background. I love this conversation because I also quit my job, you know, years ago and for full-time entrepreneurship and it was scary. It was Mm -hmm. uncertain. It was like, I also, I had two young children or actually I'm sorry, I had one and then one on the way. My wife also was full-time mom. So it was like our income was the only thing. And I remember these feelings of just like, Mm-hmm. You know, you have to say fear because it was, you, you had fear, you know, you're just like, yep. and you almost pride too, where it's like, if I quit, I do not want to go back to this company, <sighs> certainly not to the company, but really to the market in general. Yes. And, uh, so first of all, I respect you for doing that and knowing that like, this is what I got to do. I'm just suck it up and do it. And then I'm going to come back roaring, you know, after I'm mm-hmm. here for a bit, um, for the people this is a really cool thing because we've never talked about this on the, on the podcast before about this thought mm-hmm. process. Can we jump, be a little bit more specific, meaning like ranges of you're probably doing, let's say 40,000 a year in salary, right? Job or maybe 30 or 50 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted to double, you needed to double that for three months, meaning monthly salary. So that means that let's call it yeah, 4,000 a month is your real job you needed to do 8,000 a month for three months. Is that mm-hmm. in, re- in revenue? Yes. In revenue, not profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just understood your profit margins enough to where that would be like, it would make sense for you. Yes. Yeah. And profit margins. And then I saved back. And then before I quit, I had, you know, how it's probably, probably wasn't triple. It was probably more like 10 grand, you know, to be able to do that. It was 10 grand in revenue to do that. Or, no, it was 10 grand that I saved to make sure that if I left, that I wouldn't have to go back. Yeah. Okay. So you had to, so here's, here's for anybody listening to this. Terry had criteria, mm-hmm. right? She had like a, a rule. She built herself a rule and you had a rule system towards like, Hey, here's my rules. I need to do this three months it needs to be 8,000 a month for three months consistently. And mm-hmm. also need 10,000 a month. I'm sorry, 10,000 in the business bank account probably for this. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I yep. get there, I can quit. Like you basically made a deal with yourself, correct? Yes. <laughs> it's pretty much what it was. If I can, if I could keep that up and mind you too, this was, uh, well, I started this one in 2018. So 2019 and 2020 were pretty wild as far mm-hmm. as Etsy goes. So maybe I had a little bit more of help from the, market. the economy at that time. Yeah, the market because it, it, online Etsy was booming for 2020, especially. Yep. So, 
Um, Maybe true. And that but, is partially true, but like, that's the entrepreneurship journey, right? Is, is that you took advantage mm -hmm. of this market because uh, to your advantage, to your countering your point, a lot of people, 2020 was not good year. 2019 mm -hmm. was not mm -hmm. good for them. And somehow it was good for you. You put, put yourself in a this really cool position as an entrepreneur would that you're going to win yeah. in this and what, whatever economy that throws at you. So I'm going to be on that side of things where you created your own economy in this case. Yeah, no, I, I definitely worked hard. Um, I, I would just say to anybody that that's thinking about quitting their job, um, this is not easy either. In a lot of ways, uh, um, having your own business and working for yourself is a lot harder. There's a lot more responsibility that comes along with, you know, than just going to the nine to five and getting the paycheck. You know, you know, that's coming every week, but you know, you could have some catastrophic failure or a health problem or, you know, I mean, so there's, there's stress, you know, that's, to me, this is actually a little bit more stressful than, than having a job, but at the same time, it's also more rewarding. So. Let me ask you this. I agree with everything you said. Why do you do it then? If it's hard, I, don't know. It's I mean, I think, and why would you even do that? Why would you put yourself in a position to where you have more hardness and more stress? Well, because there is more reward. I mean, where there is greater risk, there is greater reward. Mm. And so it, this has allowed me to do something in my life that I would not have been able to done to do otherwise. I do not have a college degree. Uh, I did have some college, but you know, I'm not what you would con consider super educated. <laughs> you know, I'm just a normal person. So this kind of opportunity for me is really, really great. And uh, it was worth it because I make a lot more money than I did when I was working in a job. Mm. And, um, and that opportunity is always there. So have I had setbacks? Mm -hmm. Yep, I surely have. <laughs> mm. But uh, when you come from um, a little bit of a harder background, you, those setbacks maybe aren't quite as bad for you, you know? <laughs> so stressful, yes, but worth it. I love that. I agree with you completely. Cause there's, I, I agree. It, entrepreneurship is super hard. It is not a straight line. It is stressful. You're working more hours. Typically, if you, if you're serious mm -hmm. about it you, it, you tend to work more hours. However, you get way more flexibility when you do figure it out. When you figure it out, you have this like flexibility that just opens up like, oh, I could just take the week off. That's cool. Like I figured out a way to systematize this stuff. So if you're always evolving and getting better, you can figure these other problems out in your business. Because as soon as you have a business, as soon as you have sales, you can now implement systems and it can, that's the fun part, but it just takes yeah. a couple of years to get to that point sometimes. And yeah. I think, I believe this at least, that anybody that truly commits to it for the long haul, that they, they will get to it. I do believe that as long as you do not give up, it sounds corny, but as long as you don't give up and just kind of like go through that valley of despair, fight through it, then you will get to it. But most people yeah, give absolutely. up right there in that valley. They do. They do. And it makes me so sad. Part of um, why I started a YouTube channel was because I was in the, the Facebook groups, you know, and I was seeing people where I was like in the beginning oh, yeah. or, you know, when I had to go back and get a job or, you know, I was seeing those people and, um, 
I just feel so bad because I don't want them to quit. You know, you, you, you're, you're just not going to know everything in the beginning and people feel like they're a failure. And that's not the case. The case is, is you just don't know what you don't know and you have to keep going to get that knowledge, you know? So hundred percent. I agree. You mentioned, um, you're making a lot more money now than you would at jobs. And mm-hmm. Obviously we don't only do entrepreneurship for the money, but it's a major, major reward, right? If you can figure it out, right. it's a major reward because yeah. money typically gives you more flexibility, more options for your family, for yourself, more sustainability, all that good stuff. Inspire our listeners with whatever you're willing to share. How much is a lot of money? How much is not? You can give ranges. It doesn't really matter, but anything you want willing to share. Well, I have three Etsy shops. Um, one of them is brand new, so I don't really count that one. But uh, both of the other Etsy shops are six-figure shops. So um, I'm not a bazillionaire, but um, I can be quite comfortable, and I feel fairly secure for, well, you know, before Etsy, I would say that I would I never felt secure. So... Uh, I guess that's what I can tell you is that, um, yeah, that kind of income um, helps you know that your, you know, your kids are going to go to college and, (laughs) you know, just so many things there. It's not about, like you said, the money and it's more about what lifestyle it provides you, you know, the freedoms. So, yeah, the money is a tool to get you typically what we want yeah, right? or absolutely. not everything, but a lot of things. I mean, it does, it solves a lot of problems. So mm-hmm. hundred thousand, six figures, each shop, two shops, 200,000 mm-hmm. profit margins. You're mostly handmade. Is that correct? Or any other? Shop? Yeah, I'm about, I'm about 90% handmade right now. Cool. Um, the third shop that I started is going to be 100% print on demand. So, cause that's just yes. something I'm testing out. I, put some print on demand in my biggest shop. That shop has almost a thousand. Well, it's about, it's about 900, a little over 900 items in it. And uh, probably maybe about a hundred of those are print on demand. So Mm. I was testing it out in that shop. And then now I want to test having a shop that is 100% print on demand. I love it. Mm -hmm. Cool. And that's going to do well. It's going to do well, like, because you already had to have this blueprint, right? That it's worked for you two Mm -hmm. times now. And you also know all the failures that come along with certain things too. Sometimes it's very interesting how a repeat entrepreneur or a serial entrepreneur can just see around corners that no one else can see around. Mm -hmm. And that comes from, I almost, um, boy, I almost lost one of the shops. It was, you know, it, it was, it, I threw a bunch of stuff up, you know, to get it started and mm-hmm. didn't really do a lot of research. I didn't do any branding. <laughs> I mean, it, it was not great. <laughs> and so little by little, I started to learn and started to do some of that. But, um, you know, when the economy tanks, you better have, you know, your research needs to be on point, your branding needs to be on point, And you need to be really, like, really know your numbers and be focused on your business. So, I have the experience of, you know, almost messing up so bad. I lost one of them. So, but I didn't, I didn't lose it. It's, it's back. And so I kind of know the formula now of kind of exactly what I need to do to make that third shop work. And it also just takes a little time. And so I'm a little, I'm pretty patient. (laughs) So I love that. 
Can you, we talk about metrics or in, you, you mentioned research, you mentioned branding. Can we talk about like some of those things? Um, obviously we're here on the Everbee Etsy seller, you know, podcast. Do you, how do you use Everbee? Can you educate anyone on how you use it personally? Cause there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, well, I go in and I just search um, a product type and then sort of hit the little B and go to the product analytics. That's mainly how I use it. I love all the filters. I love being able to compare. I like that I can tell how old a shop is or how new a shop is because mm -hmm. I don't want to be competing with, even though, you know, my shop is aged, you know, I'm still looking for the sort of easier, you know, something to take off quicker. So, um, yeah, no, I use it like that. And I also use the email feature. I love that so much. That's literally how you guys won me over. I love the, that oh, you cool. added the email feature. And, um, you know, we haven't talked to anybody actually on the podcast, especially because email just came out two months ago or less actually. Um, yeah. Do you know stats on how your shop is doing from email? Like, um, not yet. It's kind of it's kind of too new. Um, sure. I am getting subscribers, but I can't really tell you how many right now. I have, to, have to go back in there and look at it. But yeah, I'm kind of giving it time to bake. You know, <laughs> so that's where I'm at on that. Yeah. Why can you share with a lot of people right now listening? They don't know anything about branding really yet. They're too new mm -hmm. to Etsy, and they don't you don't think about it. You don't think about branding and your and your niche so much when you're first coming to Etsy, and you don't think about email. That's for sure. Why even? Why is email important for you, like, in your business? Okay, well, um, on Etsy, that's their Etsy customers. They're not your customers. And if you, you don't have email, then they will always be Etsy customers because um, basically Etsy owns them They and they have a right to, they own the platform. That's fine with me. Mm -hmm. But if you can um, get, get people onto an email um, for one of my, I don't have a website for both of my bigger Etsy's, but I have a, a website for one of them. And so it's been really great to be able to use email to get them from Etsy to my website. And therefore I save on fees and those are long-term customers. So for, especially for that particular Etsy, when I get a customer, it's usually someone that would be a long-term repeat buyer. They would buy for like two or three times a year. So sending out emails, um, and really, like, um, it helps you have that customer and them have a relationship with you, not Etsy, you know. Mm. So I don't want them to be just Etsy's customers. I'm trying to build a brand, and I want them to know my brand. I want them to recognize my name and look for me when they don't, you know. <laughs> and they do, and they do, but the email helps a lot. So even if you don't have a website, the email just really helps you you know, build that relationship with the customer. I love that. And I totally agree. And it's exactly my mindset on it too. Etsy is, it's their sandbox and you're playing in their sandbox and you have a great, it's a great relationship. You bring listings, you bring creativity, they bring customers. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Until something changes with your ranking and you don't mm -hmm. have that ranking anymore and no one's coming to you anymore. But you could do this thing by turning on, let's say in this case, Everbee email and getting, asking people, hey, 
thanks for the order. Could you get people or uh, would you be interested in joining our VIP club or our special thing to get a special thing all on automatic and you're just building this asset for yourself. And I think that was the thing when I was first starting my e-commerce journey years ago was I didn't realize what assets were when it comes to like a business. Yeah. An asset is something that has value and your email list, when you build this email list, you have a valuable asset now because you can turn the list into money for your business yeah. by yeah. launching a product. You create this new product and instead of just hoping and praying that Etsy will bless you with a great ranking, you can actually first say, hey, all my customers, thousand customers, I just launched this new product get 50% off here, you know, and then now Etsy will reward you. It's going to be this beautiful thing because now they're going to say, look at all this, this new listing. Oh, wow. Look at all these conversions. Let's rank it higher. And then you, it's like this win, 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 win for everybody, including Etsy. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. Um, your business, if you're an Etsy seller, doesn't really have a lot of value unless you I don't want to say own the customer, but that's kind of what it is. You know, um, if they're still Etsy's customer, then you're right. They're not an asset to you at that point or not one that you can rely on. You know, you, you hear all kind of horror stories about Etsy shutting people down or yeah. even just a mistaken, like mistakenly getting shut down or, or, you know, suspended for like two weeks because of a mistake or whatever, it's or say somebody gets into your account. Yeah, yeah, it, it it can be catastrophic to your business, especially if, if a lot of Etsy sellers are, you know, really relying on that money to come in to buy the supplies for the order they just got. So, it's, yeah. So, would you say that it's important? It sounds like I'm already. I'm just kind of saying what you said earlier is that you have an Etsy shop, which is beautiful. You love Etsy, cool. We we determined that you love Etsy. They do six figures, cool. But you also have a website. Yes. Also. Can we talk about why you have that? Uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same reason, basically. Um, it, that that is mine. Those customers are my customers, and um, even okay. So, like the email list, that's one asset. Your website would be another one because mm -hmm. your list of people on your website would be another one. And the Etsy people, the, the Etsy customers are not mine until they're either on my email list or on my website. Right. So, um, and you know, you just shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket. You know, it's, it makes good business sense to have a backup plan and alternate sources of income. So, and since I'm trying to build a brand, you know, I, I want that website to be the face of my business, not, um, the, not specifically the Etsy shop. It's a good starting point, but I don't want it to be don't. representative of my business. Yeah. I love that. I think the biggest shops that if you, maybe not the big, not all of them. And this is more of like my, my anecdotal thoughts is when you look at Etsy shops and you look at a big shop, typically they have their own website too. And mm -hmm. I believe that they mostly look at Etsy as a sales channel. Like it is one channel that brings in sales. It brings revenue for Etsy. It brings revenue for me. Just great. And then I also have my main sales channel, which is my website. And that is, I control everything through that. I control, like you said, the, 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 the visitor flow, the pop-ups, the checkout process. I control the emails now. And 
I think what I, what I want to express to anyone listening to this, if you're just starting out, don't worry about having two. And I think you would agree with this. Just focus on that. I do agree with that. 100%. Get some sales, figure it out, figure the e-commerce thing out for six months, get, get a hundred sales, get a thousand sales, whatever you get, 10,000 sales, whatever you're, you feel like you're mm -hmm. like, I got this. Then start to think about having a website and building that long-term type of mentality. Right. I, I agree with that. Um, when you're starting out, you, d you don't want your attention to be so divided because you really need to focus on getting that Etsy up and going and it needs to be operating smoothly. <laughs> and then because adding a website is a whole nother a layer of difficulty. So, and uh, something else to keep track of, even if it's a Shopify. I mean, Shopify is pretty easy to do, but at the same time, it is something else, you know? Absolutely. So I agree with you 100%. How much, or when did you, when did you start that website? And then how much revenue does it, does it bring any revenue or is it mostly just for like the, for the future type of thing? Oh, it does bring revenue. Yeah. It, I started that website. Um, that one was about two years ago, so it's oh. going pretty good. And it often outperforms my Etsy store now. That's a dream. Um, yeah. And a lot of those customers literally came from Etsy. So that's, that's, that's how it works, you know, and I still drive some traffic back to Etsy. I don't just drive traffic to my website mm -hmm. because of what you said. Um, the Etsy algorithm loves it when you send customers and, and it sort of uh, feeds off of itself. And I love that. So some of my marketing goes to Etsy and then a lot of it goes to my website. So, and most, a lot of people, some people are like totally okay. They trust you. They want to buy from your website and that's fine. And some people are like, mm -hmm. I trust Etsy. All my billing is on Etsy, my credit card. It's just easier for me. Yep. I want to buy an Etsy. Cool. You're in both places. Problem solved. Right. And it's, it's beautiful. Right. Right. And they'll be on my email list and they won't want be buying from my Shopify, but they'll still be shopping on Etsy and still be on my email list. Yeah. And so win-win, I'm totally fine either way. <laughs> I love that. And Etsy's fine either way too. I believe this, like the Etsy understands the e-commerce game. It's, it, it, that's how it works. Um, I love this. What are your goals for your brands at this point? You have two, you have one other one coming. What's your 2024 goals? Okay. Um, well, I'm getting ready to sit down and work on those pretty hardcore. Um, so I sort of only have a shadow of that right now. I sort of take three to four days at the beginning of every year to sort of lay out my goals. And they're a little complicated this year because I also have the YouTube as well. And so I've turned some of my focus to helping others um, be able to succeed on Etsy as well. So I'm just trying to share some of my yeah. knowledge and information there. And so that's important to me because it's about giving back. Um, um, as far as my goals go for each of the shops, well, the print on demand shop, I would like to see that flourish and, um, be able to stand on its own two feet. And I believe that's going to happen this year. I don't have any doubt. I'm pretty good with the research now. So, um, the other two, they're just continually growing. It's, I mean, I don't know that I could put much more into them than I do. And I don't know that I want to hire a ton of more people. So I guess maybe what I'm saying is I'm trying to shift a little bit into print on demand more. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't want to be as heavy on the handmade. Uh, that okay. is a lot. And then it requires me to have employees and things. So 
that might be the biggest change is that I am going to try to shift some stuff to print on demand. I love that. It makes sense, right? It's scalable. It's easier for you. It's probably at the end of the day, probably a net positive when it comes to like your profit margins, because you don't have the employee headcount that you have to worry about. Plus like the insurance and all that stuff that come along with that, or, or just the headache just in general. Right. And I, and then it will free up the time for me to be able to do the YouTube so that I can give back in that way and still not sacrifice the income from it. So totally. It's really fun, right? When you start to figure certain things out, like your businesses, for example, and you realize that, Mm -hmm. oh, this isn't that complicated. Like it seems like it's complicated when you first start out, but as soon as you kind of understand the foundation, like the fundamentals of it and you prove it to yourself that you can do it, then it, it becomes something you can teach very clearly. It's literally rinse and repeat. It's literally rinse and repeat. I, and I, I wish that I could convey to people that are watching that, that are struggling or maybe they're not having sales. I wish I could convey to them that you just have to learn these foundational principles. And, and the one I'm always preaching the most on really has a lot to do with you guys, the research. Mm. People put up a listing, gone are the days when you could do that. So um, I just really want to get out to as many people as I can, you know, for that single mom that's where I was, you know, 11 years ago, um, I want to be able to say, you know, here is what you need to do, you know? So that's where my focus is going. I love that. We will link uh, Terry's, for anyone listening, Terry's YouTube channel in the description or the show notes, just so you guys can check her out. Absolutely. Uh, So cool. I'm trying to think of anything else I want to ask you. There's a million things I want to ask, but for the sake of time, we should probably wrap it up. Um, I do want to cover one last thing. What's like the ideal goal for the businesses? Are you looking true, like long-term? I mean, not for 2024, but just like long-term. Do you just want to like keep these things running forever? Do you want to sell one of them one day or all of them one day? What's the exit plan? Do you even have one? Do you care about that? How do you think about those things? Well, um, I do have an exit plan in mind. I would like to sell the two biggest shops that I have. I don't know about selling a print on demand yet. You know, um, I mean, if you have your customers, you could theoretically sell Mm -hmm. one. So um, yes, eventually. Um, But right now I really love what I do. And so I don't plan on quitting anytime soon. Um, I'm just one of those people that maybe I don't think I could sit around if I tried. <laughs> I mean, maybe I could do some more fun stuff or whatever, but um, I like to work and I like um, what I do with the Etsy shops. So, um, you know, I'll probably keep going for another 20 years if, uh, if they allow me. <laughs> so, but then to sell the other two, um, but it would be selling it off of the website, you know, after and, and my email list with that. after after I can show value, you know? Totally. I think we'll have to have you on again too, to probably cover the research part of it, because it sounds like you've dialed that in pretty good for yourself. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people get stuck on this because they kind of overcomplicate it. Um, But really they do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really comes down to selling the things that people are looking for. And then you can iterate on top of that. And that sounds so easy and it's not quite that easy, but in theory, it's, it's pretty simple. Right. you just don't want to be selling things that aren't in demand. You know, you can create. Well, that, 
It's not even just that though. It's like, um, okay, for this Christmas holiday, Mm -hmm. one of my biggest sellers was something that remember I told you, I threw up a lot of stuff in that one shop and Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was a lot of research. Um, and so I've gone back and I've fixed a whole category of those listings and my best seller for Christmas for my biggest shop was all those listings that I researched and fixed wasn't even new products. (laughs) This was products that I already had and typically weren't, weren't huge sellers for me. But, you know, I went into Everby and I did the research and I fixed the titles and the tags and the keywords, of course, only for listings that hadn't sold in a long time. But um, literally those were my best sellers this, this Christmas. Wow. That is super cool. That's inspiring too, for me too, because this is what we do it for, right? It's like that, that kind of story right there is like yeah. the most exciting thing that, oh, somebody we used, they use our software for their mm-hmm. business. They did it the way that they thought it was right. Then it actually gave them real results that turned into money to feed their family. Like it's like the win, win, win of, of the world. And that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. You guys have got it. You've got it going on. I've looked at other programs and um, your, the information that you get from Etsy is correct. Um, because I've had other ones that I've used in the past where you'll go look up yourself and you're like, uh, no, that's not right. (laughs) You know, but your information is great and, uh, it's very reliable. So I definitely appreciate that. That's awesome. Thank you for that. We spent so much Mm -hmm. time trying to master that one thing that you're talking about, like the accuracy and we're not perfect and no tool out there is going to be perfect because we're not Etsy. First of all, right. But damn, did we like really focus on that? We, for like the first year when we wanted to do all this, all this other features, we're getting requests. We really said no to so many things. And we just said like, we have to get the accuracy thing better Mm -hmm. to where it's like within 80, 90%. It's never going to be perfect, but if we can get it to like where it's reliable enough, then people will actually start getting results from it. And we still have issues still, but overall, like I'm really proud of the time we spent on that one piece, if anything. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell that, that you guys did it right. <laughs> so it's definitely awesome. been very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. And then, uh, cool. Well, um, thank you again, okay. Terry, for, for coming on. I, I really, really appreciate it. You didn't have to do this. You didn't have to come on and share your share your story and stuff. We'll have to have you on again if you're open to it to hear about this update on the print on demand stuff. That's gonna be really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give it a few months and then we'll see where I'm at. I'm pretty excited about that one. <laughs> Thank you again, okay. and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay.